from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the rooftops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When we come together to worship in the Mass, there's different types of prayers, different types or parts of the Mass. Some of the Mass is a dialogue between the priest and people. You know, the times where I say, the Lord be with you. Okay, that's a dialogue. Some of the Mass is a dialogue. Some of the Mass is public readings. A reading, someone saying, this is a reading from the letter of Romans, and reading us the Scriptures. And we hear. Some of the Mass is communal. Communal prayer, we say it together. Like the Our Father, when we say the Our Father. And some of the Mass is the priest or the presider praying the Mass out loud so you can hear it. It's one like the consecration, like the Eucharistic prayer when I say, this is my body. And then further, there's some of the Mass. You might never have noticed it, or maybe you have and wondered. It's called the secret prayers. It's prayers that the church asks me to pray quietly or secreto. That's why they're called the secret prayers. They're not secret, like you can know about them. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about in the next three weeks. The parts of the Mass that are the secret prayers. Why do I say it quietly? You know, I was praying about what our series would be. I like to do summertime series. And I looked at the gospel this week. I'd been thinking about the secret prayers, and this was the gospel. It said, nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Obviously, Jesus is talking about the gospel, right? So preach the gospel. But I took it as a little sign, right? Let's talk about the secret prayers. So the homily series for the next three weeks is the secret prayers. What Father is saying and why does it matter? Okay? It's almost like a behind-the-scenes sneak peek. All the words of the Mass are important and can help us praying the Mass. So what I pray is important and you should know what it is. So the first question, though, why do we have silent or secret prayers at all? First is because the priest is not just leading others in prayer. I'm praying the Mass, too. 
So I have my own prayers like you would pray in the pew. I should do it as well. In fact, sometimes I say mass by myself on a day off. Maybe I'm in here. It really freaks some tourists out. You know, they're they're coming. They're like, oh, I'm going to see this little cute little church. And they open up. and I'm like, on you stay. And they're like, ah, they run away. So I pray the I pray the mass. I should pray it. So these silent prayers are for the priest because the priest has a particular role. It's like a family. There's different roles in a family. They're all equal in dignity, but I have a particular role. So I have particular prayers. It also creates moments of silence. Sometimes these secret prayers are in silent times. You just see my lips moving. Maybe there's some music in the background, but silence, which is something we need. Something that's going away. Can we ever just sit and receive or do we have to always be stimulated, right? So it's, it's, in fact, studying the secret prayers and preparing this series has convicted me that sometimes I rush. Sometimes I'm just going and going. Some of y'all like that because we get out in like 50 minutes instead of an hour. But we can, we can sit in silence sometimes. The three times in the Mass uh, that there's silent prayers or secret prayers is the reading of the gospel, like right, around the gospel, the preparation of the altar, and the communion rite. So this week we're talking about the reading of the gospel. Now the first secret prayer, I, I come before the altar, you see it every week, and then I bow to the altar, and you don't see my mouth, but I'm praying. And this is the words I'm praying. The missile says, the priest bowing before the altar says quietly, cleanse my heart and my lips. Almighty God, that I may worthily proclaim your holy gospel. It's the prayer that the church asked me to pray quietly. Notice what I didn't pray. The church doesn't ask me to come around the altar, bow down and say, give me a really good joke, O Lord. No, Uh, the church doesn't ask me to pray that I be a great speaker. Or even to help the congregation be moved emotionally. And that's not my prayer. What is the prayer the church asked me to pray before I proclaim the gospel and preach? First and foremost, that I may be personally worthy to proclaim the gospel. See, the power of the gospel is not in rhetorical techniques. You can have great speakers, but if they're not worthily proclaiming the gospel, then it's not effective. Like techniques can help jokes. Everyone's can help, but it's really what Paul says. When I came to you, he says this to the Corinthians. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquent or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For I resolved to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Paul often in his letters writes, he's like, I'm not a great speaker. He's a great writer, and I'm sure he was a pretty good speaker. But he would often say, look, the other guys, the heretics who are are drawing you away from the church, they're better at speaking. They got good techniques. But it's not about that, Paul says. I preach Jesus and him crucified. So the power of the gospel is really in the worthiness of the person preaching An example of this is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa wasn't a great speaker. I mean, she but she would enter a room and I mean, she would be like, hello, Mother Teresa. She she very she whispered kind of. She'd be like, God loves you. And you're like, God loves me. 
Like it just it, it convinces people when she spoke, lives were changed, not because she was a great speaker. Why? Because she was a worthy proclaimer of the gospel. Preaching the gospel is not about inspiring people. Rudy Rudiger does that, right? He's an inspirational speaker. Preaching the gospel is not about informing people. Your high school teacher informed you. It's not even about reforming people. You know, your psychologist, your therapist, they do that. That's their job. What is preaching the gospel about? Not reforming or informing. It's about transforming people. And only Christ can do that. If Christ is not at the heart of the proclamation of the gospel and the preaching, then it is worthless. It is not me who's going to change you. Only Jesus can do that. Only grace. That's why I go to this altar and I pray that my lips be cleansed. Just like Isaiah, when he sees heavenly worship, he looks up into heaven. If you read chapter six in Isaiah here, I'll read it to you. This is the description of the mass in heaven. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Okay, here we go. Got a throne. Got some robes. Okay, we got a temple. Here we are in the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. I'm going to prepare you for this. I'm going to describe an angel. It's not a little fat baby. Okay, this is this is the angel. With two wings that covered their faces, with two that covered their feet, and two that were flying. Seraphim means burning one. So it was this angel that was on fire with six wings. Heavenly worship is awesome, full of awe. And they were calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. We sing that at Mass, right? Holy, holy, holy. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Hey, guys, let's sing like the doorposts shake. Like sing so hard that this church crumbled. No, don't do that. It's a really nice church, but it's not right. We should be worshiping with all our heart. And there was smoke. Okay, so don't get on me about incense. And then Isaiah says this. He's the prophet. He's going to be the preacher. He's going to be the proclaimer of the truth of God. He says, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And then an angel took, this is in his vision of heaven, angel took a coal from the censer, and he seared his lips, he cleansed his lips. That's why I pray that at the altar. Because what I what the gospel we preach is that powerful. And it's Jesus who will do it, not me. Okay, the next silent prayer around the gospel. See, I pray to cleanse my heart and my lips. After I proclaim the gospel, I say the gospel of the Lord. We say glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And then I kiss the gospel book. Do you have you notice that? I kiss the gospel book. The church tells me to do it. It's not just something I came up with. And then I pray this prayer. Through the words of the gospel, may our sins be wiped away. So before the altar, I pray that I may be worthy. After the gospel, I pray that you may be worthy. May your sins be wiped away. 
Because there's a lot of things that get in the way of us receiving the fullness of the truth of the gospel. Sure, we pick and choose. We like that one. We like that one. But there's things that get in the way of us receiving the truth. What is that thing? Well, it's the prayer. Let's let's say I kiss the gospel and I say I don't say this. I don't say through the words of the gospel. May we stay awake. That's not what I pray. Don't do it. I don't say through the words of the Holy Gospel, let their stomachs not grumble. You know, like like that's getting in the way. Okay, I'm hungry. I'm tired. Uh, That's not truly what gets in the way of you receiving the fullness of the gospel. What do I pray? I pray through the words of the Holy Gospel. May our sins be wiped away. See, sin, our sinfulness, we're all sinners. That gets in the way. Of us receiving the fullness of the gospel. If you've ever struggled with the teaching of Jesus. If you've ever struggled with the teaching of the church. And you're like, I don't get it. I'm not going to understand it. No. It's called the hardness of heart. And in scripture, hardness of heart is caused by sin. But you know what the good news is? Sin can be taken care of. Jesus forgives us our sins. And he does it through the church. So when we confess our sins. Then it will make sense. See, sin makes us dumb. Sin makes us not understand each other, not understand God, not understand the scriptures. But as soon as we confess it, as soon as we go into the confessional, we unload the things. Look, you might have gone to confession 10 times since you did the thing that you never want to confess. And it's getting in the way. But we can handle it. We got it. And then when you do, When you hand that over, it'll be like St. Paul when the scales fell off his eyes. Your heart will not be stoned. The gospel will pierce you like the sword that pierced our Lord's heart. Then you'll understand. You know, it's always interesting when I talk to converts, really reverts, people who were Catholic growing up. Maybe they left the church, they come back, they come through RCA or just classes and they want to study. And I'll teach them, I'll, 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 I'll preach to them, I'll lead them through and we'll study what the church teaches. And often they go, wow, I never knew we taught that. No one ever told me that. Look, here, your catechist probably told you that. Your grandma told you that. Your mom told you that. But, but you're ready to receive it now. Because Jesus softened your heart. Hand it over. Fulfill this prayer through the words of the Holy Gospel. May our sins be wiped away so we can fully receive the truth. Please stand for our profession of faith.